You know that feeling when you hit a goal that you've been working towards for so long? Man, let me tell you, this interview that you are about to hear is amazing. And it is with none other than Clayton Morris. He's been a silent mentor of mine for so long. And he is going to inspire you to take action. Hey, Freedom Fighters, welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter, stand by. Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. I am super, super excited today to have a legend on the show. Uh, He's been a silent mentor of mine, but he's a father, he's a husband, he's a real estate investor, and he's a former Fox News anchor. But after leaving, uh, I'm sorry, after achieving his financial freedom, right, he left the news industry and now devotes his time to teaching and helping others build passive income and achieving freedom of their own. And he also runs one of the largest turnkey companies in the world, and he is, I'm sorry, in the country, right? And he is the host of one of the most followed uh, podcasts, and real estate investing podcasts, and he's a personal mentor of mine. Sir, how are you doing, Clayton? It's nice to have you on the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me, and thank you so much for your audience and your service to this country. So it's a, a pleasure is all mine to be here today to talk about passive income and helping people. Um, you know, we work with a lot at Morris Invest. We work with a lot of active duty uh, military, all parts of the world who want a better life for their kids and their family, build up passive income and create cash flow. So uh, it's a it's a true pleasure to be on your show. Oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you. And so um, really excited to to get into it. But can you tell us a little bit about your background and uh, and how you got started? Sure. So, you know, I grew up with... I grew up with a lot of fears around money um, in my family. I, you know, as a, as a young kid, I would hear constantly in our family, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. We're not the Rockefellers. We can't afford that. And so money for me was always a negative. You know, I, I had all these negative associations with money. And that's why it's incredibly important about the way in which we talk about money around our children. So now with our children, even though I struggled with that for so many years, we really try to think about wealth building in our family and talking about abundance and, and money really cash is really just a manifestation of our mindset. It really is true. So I spent, I really struggled for a long part of my life, you know, with this meme around negativity associated with money. And it honestly wasn't until I really flipped that switch and I started to journal about it every day. I started to sort of sit down uh, and, and think about it in my meditations and, and prayers and so forth, that money would flow to me, that prosperity would flow to me. Because if you are out of alignment with that, it's not going to come to you, right? Like money's going to flow to those who are going to be good stewards of it and going to take good care of it. So if you have a negative association with money where you don't think you're worthy of it, it's not going to come to you. 
So that's kind of my background. It's kind of where I come from, you know, and then I kind of started in the TV business when I was at, after college and moved across the country making no money, and, you know, in these small market TV markets like in Montana uh, as a political reporter uh, for a CBS affiliate up there and then West Virginia. And, you know, and during those times I would read finance books. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, you know, yeah. And I have to pinch myself cause I'm, you know, it's like I'm friends with Robert Kiyosaki. Like he's a personal friend and it's like the craziest thing in the world to me. I have to sort of pinch myself about it. And, uh, right, right. you know, but so that's kind of my background as I was making my way through the TV world was how can I change this mental paradigm around money to start to make a better life for myself? Wow. That's incredible. And it's so true. You know, I, I kind of have the very similar, you know, past, um, really it was like this taboo, you know, to talk about money, you know, in the family, it was disrespectful. I'm come from a Jamaican background. So yeah, everyone is very, very, you know, I, I'm not going to say stingy with money, but you know, it just became this thing that no one would ever want to talk about. And it was disrespectful to ask people about their finances and, and have that conversation at the dinner table. So, um, so I hear yeah, you. And it sticks with you. I mean, it, you know, and it also informs the way you live your life. Like if you think of yourself as a $60,000 a year person, mm-hmm. you act like a $60,000 a year person. How does the person who makes $5 million a year walk, talk, act differently than the $60,000 a year person, right? So, so true. So we just launched our Financial Freedom Academy. And one of the modules that we really dive deep into is this wealth consciousness idea. I'm passionate about it. And so is my wife, because how could you transform your life if you started to act as if you have $5 million? You know, how would you transform your life if you didn't live with this fear mentality, this scarcity mentality? One of the things we teach people to do in the course is to, you know, just go to a Starbucks, right? Mm-hmm. And or some place that you normally wouldn't go because you have a scarcity mentality about money. Maybe it's Nordstrom. Maybe I don't know what it is, right? Right. But go to Starbucks and you would never normally, oh my gosh, I would never spend $6 on this, this <laughs> beverage, right? Or I would never buy a $30 bottle of wine, right? After right, a long right. week and you want to celebrate with your spouse. But instead, do it. Go there and do it. And we ask you in the course to really write down like all of the emotions leading up to that purchase. Like, oh, I'm not worthy of this. Like $30 for a bottle of wine. This is going to be gone in no time. I'm not going to, oh, I could, you know, write down all of those things. And then you begin to really see, oh my gosh, these are the quiet things I'm telling myself every day about money. Wow. That's crazy. And I'm sure it would, it would add up to quite a bit. Yeah, at least I'm not, right. yeah, in my mind, for sure, because I'm one of those guys. I don't even drink coffee, but I'm not going to Starbucks. <laughs> you save yourself some money, man. I, you know, I have my daily Starbucks habit, you know, and that's the thing. You know, there was a book a few years ago by David Bach, I think, called The Automatic Millionaire, and he talked about the latte factor in that book. And, okay. you know, it was a catchy thing. I just think it's a crock of crap, to be honest with you, because what you're going to literally save like $3 a day by not drinking the thing that you really enjoy. And so he's asking you to shrink your life. What I'm asking you to do is to expand your life. Have that latte every day. You're, you deserve it. You know, think abundantly. Don't think shrinkage. You know, right. think, shrink your life down where you can't have a latte. You can't have the thing that you enjoy. No, we want people to live abundantly. 
you know, create prosperity. So that's what we try to, you know, that's what we try to teach. Exactly. And to change that mindset. Mm-hmm. Clayton, I can't tell you how important it is in the military, you know, to have that, that mindset shift because, I mean, we are so regimented and so reserved. And I think it translates to a lot of, of areas in our life where it just kind of limits our growth and thinking. I mean, I think that the military has this cancer almost, right, where they think that because they're serving the country, they can't be financially free in it. Right. They have to be a slave to the country and to go out and to, you know, to not enjoy that prosperity. And, and I think that that mindset, you know, when it, when it never shifts and they get to the point where they transition out, they still don't ever leave that mindset. And we, it ends up, you know, stagnating their thoughts, their beliefs, you know, they go into employment or they, they can't find employment. Right. And, and it ends up creating a lot of homelessness, a lot of, you know, financial struggle. It's rough. Right. Right. Well, I hadn't really thought of it that way. And I'd love to get into that for your audience because, you know, my heart goes out to people like that who, you know, you're serving our country. You've sacrificed enough. You do not need to now sacrifice abundance for your family. You now need to capitalize on this ability to be in the military being provided housing, food in many respects, right? right. You, you're getting a great medical benefits. You, you have a lot of things going for you. You have the ability to get a mortgage with what, almost 0% down, right? 0%. Yeah. Great. So you have incredible tools at your disposal. Now use them, right? Now you're given these, you're given a lot because you're giving a lot, right? So now take these things and let's dissect them. Let's really create passive income and financial freedom for our family. And you can do it. I know because I've worked with a lot of military families who've bought properties through us at Morris Invest or whom we've helped just with our content who've gone out and done certain things. So let's just take the mortgage, for example. Um, And this is top of mind for me, as you were just saying this, I I, I just got like this intuitive hit, like, let's talk about this because this could help your audience tremendously. Um, we spent yesterday in the audio booth um, recording the audio version of our of our book. Um, it's called How to Pay Off Your Mortgage in Five Years. Love it. And <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. And I think, I honestly believe, and I wanted to put the book in more people's hands, you know, who don't have a chance to get a Kindle or read the paperback version, but could listen to it. So that's about to come out very soon. But in that book, this is exactly what we talk about. And it, I think it would help the military specifically because you're buying a property, right? A lot of military families, the American dream, right? We want to have our own property. Okay, great. You have your own house. Now you have 0% down, right? So you've got this mortgage. Now you probably have not much equity in it, but you're also making great money in the military mostly where you can then, you're not having to spend a lot on other things, right? You're able to save on food. You're able to put money away. But what I would suggest is use the strategies in that book and just start firing like a, like a missile at that principal balance of your mortgage, using that extra cash that's sitting there that you can funnel directly at that principal balance on your mortgage if you have a primary residence, like if you're not renting, and be able to pay that house off in three, four, five years. Now have that massive amount of equity that you can then leverage to go out and buy rental properties and do other things with. Right. But I think military families particularly are uniquely positioned to have some of that extra cash available at the end of the month, perhaps even better than some other families who might not have that 
the military access. So I would implore your audience to maybe check that strategy out because I think it could change lives if you really, uh, and, and you guys are focused, <laughs> you know, you guys are yeah. disciplined and focused. And honestly, I think I make the point in the book that this is not for a lazy person, this strategy mm-hmm. and members of the military are not lazy and they are focused and disciplined and you can follow the strategy and have that mortgage paid off in no time. Right, right, right. I absolutely love that book. I remember when you first launched it, I was one of the people that got it as soon as Oh, thank you. It was amazing. Yeah. And and as a matter of fact, that is actually something that we have, you know, taught in the past too, you know, that's that strategy. So that book will absolutely be in the show notes page. Guys, you need to go check that out because Clayton is not lying. I mean, it is, it is something that can game change you, especially if you're, you know, you know, at your next duty station for maybe three years, four years. And by the time you, you roll out, you can have a bunch of equity that you can have in that home to do whatever with. Right. So, right. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you so much, Clayton, for having sure. me. And, uh, and you also mentioned something too, that I think is super important. We have a lot of benefits in the military and a lot of those benefits are not taught, right? There's, there's virtually no financial education you know, that we have. I mean, they, they do a little bit, but they don't impress upon it enough. And so that's why our platform exists really, because we want to get this educate as it, education as it pertains to real estate, you know, to get it out there for folks to, you know, to, um, to have it. But since we're on that point, I want to ask you, what steps did you take, you know, in forms of cultivating your education to get yourself started on, in real estate? I know you, you mentioned Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is an mm-hmm. awesome book. Well, uh, you know, honestly, it was the school of hard knocks. Okay. It's, you know, and I think maybe from the military too, right? It's learning through doing. Mm-hmm. You can read so many books, but it's until you actually put it into practice, the things start to really happen for you. And you're going to make mistakes. And I think the key is to know right up front that you're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You're going to get burned by a contractor at some point. You're going to, you know, have a property management company that doesn't suit you well. You're going to have an eviction at some point. That's part of the game. Right. And if you build that in and know that up front, you won't be disappointed later. And frankly, it could happen to you on your first property. Great. Guess what? Then you got that out of the way. Right. Um, you know, it could happen to you on your 50th property and then you're experiencing some turbulence. It's going to happen. You're going to hit turbulence at some point. So just know that it's coming, build it in and just and be okay with that. But for me, honestly, it started, I think the key for me on this education question is I followed one course of action to completion. It's so easy to, when we have a lot of clients at Morris Invest that are engineers mm-hmm. and they'll joke with us, we'll get on the phone with them and they're like, yeah, I started researching real estate investing two years ago. <laughs> two years? You've, now you've, you've spent two years researching all of these different things. Why? Why is it taking you so long? Well, you know, I'm an engineer, so I'm analytical by nature and it just, you know, and I, we joke about it. And, right. and so they're reading 50 different versions of, of wealth building. They're doing, oh, should I do commercial properties? Should I do mobile home investing? Should I do skyscraper, you know, Airbnb, or should I do residential single families? So for me, I was on a flight to New Zealand mm-hmm. and I had five days to go there. My, my wife said, go ahead. I was, I was going to go shoot photos with a friend of mine who is one of the great photographers in the world and he lives there. So he invited me. I'm on this flight and after a 16 hour flight, I'm sitting next to this couple and they were, you know, they weren't retired, but they were in their, like their fifties or something. And they, we got to talk and after 16 hours and I wish I would have talked to them earlier, 
And they said, how long are you going to be in New Zealand? I said, oh, five days. I have to get back to work. And, you know, and I said, oh, what about you guys? How long are you going to be in New Zealand? They said, oh, we're going to be here for two months. And I said, two months? <laughs> what do you get to do? What do you do that you can go to New Zealand for two months? You're not two retired, months. you know? Right. And he looked at me and he said, oh, I'm a real estate investor. Wow. And so for the next, we're on now descending, you know, and I was so mad. I, was, I got a piece of paper and I'm like, okay, how, what, 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 uh -huh, you know? Right. And he said, well, my partner and I, we buy single family properties in the Midwest. He told me specific towns. Um, he said, we like blue collar, hardworking tenants in our properties um, because they stay consistently cash flowing. He said, avoid A-class neighborhoods at all costs. You'll get A-class headaches. You'll pay too, you'll pay too much. Uh, there's more volatility. Um, et cetera. Um, he said, don't over upgrade properties. Don't spend, you know, get them rent ready, but don't go crazy. You don't have to put in granite countertops and nest learning thermostats and everything, get them rent ready. So it's a nice property for a tenant. Right. And, you know, and, um, and don't fall in love with real estate. That was his other, he said, fall in love with ROI. Mm. And honestly, I got back and a week later, I bought two properties in the same area of Michigan that he, he had bought in. And I never looked back. So I used the same formula that he taught me on that plane. I didn't divert from it. And the only times I ever kind of got into trouble where it was out of my wheelhouse is when I started kind of trying to go off of that path. Okay. Well, maybe I'll do this multifamily thing, or maybe I'll do this land deal. And I got off track. But right. staying true to that one story and how to build wealth using one single family at a time, three bedroom, one bath, you know, $60,000 house. That's what I've done repeatedly. And it's, that's how I've been able to quit my day job. That is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Guys, that is literally crucial. I just said a couple of awesome things there. Don't fall in love with the real estate, but fall in love with that return. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that is. Well, because so many people, you know, will work with new clients who come in and like, oh, oh, that one already sold. Oh, I love that one. It was green and it had shutters and it was an adorable little bungalow. And I'm like, yeah, but they're all like potato chips. Like every house that we do at our company, they're all the same. You know, they're like, right. you buy them for a reason in the same neighborhoods, in the same zip codes, in the same areas, because they're all the same. It's 900, you know, square feet, three bedroom, one bath. We're, we're putting in a new furnace, new water heater, updating the roof windows, da, 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 da. I'm sorry that that one little bungalow is sold and you fell in love with that. If that's holding you back, right. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> all, some of my houses are pretty ugly. I don't care. They rent just the same as the pretty ones, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. Wow. All right. <laughs> well, good stuff. That was really good. Um, can you ask, can you tell us what were some of the biggest challenges you faced, you know, throughout your journey and how you overcame them? That's a good question. I think when I first got started, before I actually started buying rental real estate, which is what I started doing when I arrived at Fox News Channel. So I was there, but I hadn't quite, and I took this New Zealand flight. It's when I started buying properties. But before that, I was buying like speculative things or doing sort of speculative things that I wouldn't now do. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to bought a property that was I lived next door to when I lived in Orlando, Florida, right before the crash. Did all the work myself on this condo, bought it off market, did the work myself. I was working, um, I'd get up at 2.30 in the morning to do TV. I'd get home around noon and I would be in there doing drywall and all sorts of things until like midnight. You know, I was like, I'd sleep for like two hours. Mm -hmm. I sold that, made a good profit right before the crash happened. And okay. I ended up taking that profit 
and buying stuff that was outside of my comfort zone. So I took a construction loan out on some golf course community speculative land project in North Carolina. It was like a Phil, Phil Mickelson golf course thing. They're building this log cabin. I mean, you know, and then the crash happened. So the contractors pulled out, Phil Mickelson pulled out, the whole thing just collapsed. And here I was on the hook for like a $150,000 construction loan to this bank and had to go through foreclosure. And, oh, it's just a nightmare. Um, But I did that a couple of times during that period. I did something else in Fort Myers, Florida, in a community where back then you could buy a property for 110,000, turn around and sell it like a week later for 130,000. Right. And so that was the play. It was the appreciation play. So now I never invest for appreciation. Appreciation to me is icing on the cake. I don't know what any of my properties that I own are worth. I mean, roughly, but Hey, if they go up 5,000 or down 4,000, I don't care because right. they're still going to stay consistently cash flowing. So I think the big lesson challenge was, you know, I don't invest for appreciation anymore. I don't, invest in speculative things that I don't understand or that are contingent upon a whole bunch of other outside factors like the economy, right? Um, (laughs) You know, like the the hope and promise of selling this for 130,000 six months from now, a lot can happen between now and then, right? We see what's happening right now in the housing market. So um, it doesn't, you know, that under those circumstances, it might not make sense. The Fed could raise rates, you know, all of those things. So I just stay true to what I'm good at and I don't try to deviate from that. There you go. Exactly. And I think you, you reminded me too with that system, you know, that you, that you use kind of reminded me of the strategies from the millionaire real estate investor, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, find that model, that expert model, and you just use that and pick up where they left off. That way you can just accelerate your path to success. Yeah, the millionaire real estate investor and Gary Keller. I mean, I love that strategy because it's just make sure that what you're buying your properties is that against all of your leverage points on the property, your taxes, your your expenses, that you're at least cash flowing like $100 above that point. Right. So the worst case scenario, you can pay back a mortgage, you can do, you know, pay your expenses, pay your taxes, all of those things. For me, I like to be about a $200 above um, okay. above that point but it's a great strategy. He just consistently stick to that one course of action to or towards success. Right. Right. That is awesome. Incredible. Um, so, so tell us now, Clayton, where are you now in your career? I mean, I, I kind of alluded to a little bit in the intro, but yeah, you know you've got so much going on. Well, it's weird because, you know, a little over a year ago, I retired at 40 uh, years old from the TV business. I was in there for 18 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, in morning, mostly in morning television all over the country in the last 10 years at the network. And while I was at Fox News Channel, you know, I was buying single family rentals, my wife and I, and building up our portfolio of properties, doing exactly what I learned on that New Zealand flight and right. was able to get to the point where I was making way more money from my rentals than I was in my day job. And our company, Morris Invest, you know, we help people who want to buy rental properties who don't have the time to go out and find off-market properties, hire contractors, do all the work themselves, find property management. We're kind of like a wedding planner. <laughs> like, sure, you can plan your own wedding, but we do it all for you. You know, if, especially if you're living overseas, you know, we'll take, we take care of all of it. And then you own the property free and clear and it just cash flows and you get to rinse and repeat. So we kind of built those two things up. Our portfolio but also uh, Morris Invest. And now we're looking to kind of 
I think we've been in the weeds with real estate investing. And this is me being totally transparent with you. Like we've, we felt like, okay, we've, we've really dialed in being able to explain what color paint to do on a rental property. Right. Um, you know, uh, how to, how to, how to maximize your return and all of those like pieces, the real nitty gritty stuff. And now we kind of wanted to go higher level and help more people who might never buy a rental property, but who need that financial education, that financial intelligence that you talked about at the beginning, which is why you do this show is that there, we never got this education. So we decided to launch the financial freedom Academy um, which launches any day now uh, in a few days. And so we're super excited about that. And in that, you know, we can help people at a sort of a, at a higher level, uh, get a hold of their finances, pay off debt, turn liabilities into performing assets. So for me, I'm excited about spreading that message, being able to do that course, be able to travel and speak in front of large groups nationwide and, and teach teach what you teach here on this show and try to help other people take hold of their finances. That is awesome. Absolutely awesome. Uh, do you mind if we, if we grab a link to that or whatever it is, cause we can put that on our show notes as well. So. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's just, it'll be financialfreedomacademy.com and we'll, uh, we'll get you a link to, and, uh, and, and as soon as it's, as soon as it's live, we're, we're gearing up. We got all the bells and whistles built into the modules and, and nice. uh, just getting the transcripts finished now. And, so it's a lot of it's a lot of building of the back end website and all the pieces to make sure that the community is strong because there'll be a private community, a private uh, Facebook group for those people who are in the course. Um, so we'll be able to go live to those people. Natalie and I also have live uh, live streams just for the people in the course to kind of help them through things they're working on or and take hold of their finances. So yeah, we'll make sure we get you a link to that and go from there. That's incredible. Thank you so much. And yes, sure. would love to love to promote that because that's, that's amazing. And just like you said, that mind shit, my mindset shift, right. Is super, yeah. super important. Um, do you mind if I ask you to like, so you were, can you walk us through just whatever was going on in your mind? Maybe um, when you transitioned from your day job to financial freedom, like how, how did you make that shift? That's a big, big step. Well, it's a great question. And it's, if I can get a little vulnerable here for a minute about it. Um, I, you know, I was questioning in the five, six, seven months leading up to, to me leaving why I was still there. So I had just signed a new contract with Fox and it was another three year contract but in that world, you're only as good as your, you know, next contract. You're, it's still a paycheck job. Yes. You're on the network in front of 2 million people. And yes, you've got this pretty high profile job and yes, you get to interview the president of the United States and yes, all of that. And and it's nice. Right. Right. But it's still a paycheck. And I was asking myself, okay, if now from my portfolio of rental properties and Morris invest, like we are, far exceeding what we're doing here at in TV. And I don't get to even on that show, talk about the things that I want to talk about, which is what I'm talking about with you right now. Right. I would never be able to talk for an hour on Fox and friends about financial freedom and helping people build wealth. Like, right. We'd be up against a commercial. We'd only have four minutes. I'd have to do, I'd have to interview this Senator about something right, stupid that she right. said, or, you know, or Trump tweeted this. And I got to talk about that now for oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> You know, so now I can on my YouTube channel and my podcast and my books and talking to you, like 
I can, I hope help people like you're helping people by doing this show, right? You're helping right. people change the course of their life. And it's up to the people watching now to take action and do it. So in those months leading up, I was really wondering, like, why am I still here? And I think I was thinking, well, it's not money. Is it prestige? I don't know. And then really the only answer was ego. Mm. I was like, you know, I, I guess I'm here because I think my ego is sort of tied to this idea that Clayton's a TV guy or daddy is a TV guy. And, you know, that's what daddy does. You know, he's, he's in TV. Right. You wake up every morning and where's daddy? Oh, he's at, you know, the TV studio. Um, so then I realized it was, it was ego. And then once I knew that and that light bulb went off, it was easy for me to leave because that wasn't a good enough reason anymore to be doing that. It was, I was, I was happy to be able to say, you know what, I'm happy to turn this job, this chair over to somebody else and walk away from it. And it served me. I'm eternally grateful and I'm grateful for the people at Fox news who were gracious to me, but it was time. And so, yeah, it really was at the end sort of ego. And I was like, no, I'm done. I'm done with that. I don't have the ego about it. And a lot of my co-anchors were like, you're doing what? You're giving up this job? I mean, it's right. it's one of six jobs in TV, like of you know Fox and Friends. In the, that chair, it's like a highly sought after job. And so, a lot of people just thought I was crazy. <laughs> you know, maybe I was. I don't know, but <laughs> you know, it's. Um, but walking away from it that day when I drove out of Manhattan, uh, left the Thirty Rock area and got in my car. I would never take my car, but I loaded up my car with my stuff from my office, my ties, my suits. You know paraphernalia from guests over the years that had given right. me like little plaques and gadgets and things, you know, right. my car was just like filled with all this crap. Oh man. <laughs> just drove out of the city, drove through the tunnel and I just opened up my sunroof and was blasting music. And I was like, I am free. I'm now, free. It's all, now it's all on me, baby. Wow. <laughs> wow that had to have been so powerful. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, uh, <laughs> that's, that it really resonates because I think that a lot of people in the military too have that, I mean, I'm not sure, even sure if it's an ego, to be honest with you. I don't really know what it is, but I know that there's this mindset that they feel like they're stuck, they're tied to the job, right? Or they have to serve the full 20 in order to um, to have even an inkling of financial freedom. But it, but it's not. It's not there. You can do more. You have that abundance mindset. Well, and you can do it simultaneously, yeah. you know? You know, which is what I was doing. So I was there on the couch anchoring Fox and Friends, but I was also buying single family properties. And exactly, you know, I, I mean, I learned from a co-host of mine on the Fox Business Network, Stu Varney. He said, you know, most people don't know that you can borrow from your 401k, not take a, not withdraw from it, but borrow from it. And what's the military version of it as an, as an RSP? The TSP, the thrift yeah. savings plan. Yeah. So you can borrow from it. It's yours and you pay yourself yeah. back. But guess what? You're paying yourself back, the bank of you. And so I bought, I started using my Fox 401k to buy rental properties and pay myself back out of my paycheck. Right. I mean, you can do it simultaneously, you know? Clayton, let me tell you, I got the biggest, I don't know, I just got so much heat one time when I actually <laughs> taught that on a Facebook video. And I was saying, <laughs> you can use your TSP to invest in real estate. None of my videos ever got maybe over like 
maybe 300, 400, 500 views, right? This one in particular got like 2,000 and it was shared like 20 times. I got hit up by this personal finance thing and everyone was like, what? You're telling them to borrow from their 401k? What? (laughs) Blasphemous. Like they shouldn't touch it. Oh, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, you get the same heat that I get for yeah. talking about the 401k as is, right. you know, be, you know why? Because we've been taught it's, it's worse in the 401k world. It's really been taught to us that that's a secret cow. You just can never touch it. But guess right. what? You know, the average 401k at retirement is $90,000. If you retire at 59 and a half, you've got $90,000 in your 401k. Well, the average salary in this country is $80,000. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a year. So you mean to tell me you're going to live to be 90 or 85 on that $90,000 a year? Exactly. No way. It can happen. Sure. Sure. (laughs) And you're borrowing. And by the way, you're not withdrawing it. So you're not getting any penalties. You're just loaning it to yourself. You're loaning it to yourself. You buy a $50,000, $60,000 rental property. Now you bought a performing asset that's cash flowing. And then you pay that loan back to yourself over two years out of your paycheck and then you rinse and repeat do it again and you build it at a lot much higher interest rate than you probably get on it too you know right yeah and the people the thing don't even realize that the interest that you're paying on that loan mm-hmm. is an interest to yourself self <laughs> right oh my god so it's the bank of you you're not paying that interest rate to bank of america you're paying it to yourself and right. here's another little fun nugget out of this is that the government only lets you put in, what is it? 16,500 a year Mm -hmm. in your retirement account. You can't exceed that in your 401k. Yeah. Which is about, well, when you're paying, when you're using this strategy and paying yourself back because the interest gets tacked on, you actually can exceed the federal amount that you're allowed to put in every year. So you could conceivably be putting in 17 or 18,000 in your, in your 401k contributing to it because you borrowed from it. So it's like a triple whammy. So to those people that say you can't do it, they're full of it. <laughs> <laughs> Fact. All right. Yeah. Guys, oh, please, please tell me you're taking notes. And if you're driving, all right, or you're flying or whatever, right, make sure that you go back and you listen to this because gold, absolute gold. Thank you so much, Clayton. And thanks for My the pleasure. wisdom that you've given us so far. I really appreciate it. Um, My pleasure. I, I want to take you into this little bonus round, though, all right, because I know do this with all my uh, all my folks that I bring on here for interview. It's three questions. So, uh, and you are a uh, a guy that reads a lot. So I'm going to value this myself too. But what is your favorite book? Hmm. Oh, that's so hard to pick. I, I thought a lot about this, but I have to say, I think the book that probably changed my life more than any other is not not even really a finance book, not a business book, but it's a it's a it's a a book about it's a book about who we are as people and how we should live our lives and it's it's really two books because the first book that he wrote Eckhart Tolle wrote the power of now okay his second book was the new earth mm. and so when you read those kind of combined the power of now is really the groundwork right but the, okay. when you look at the new earth as maybe more accessible you know, book. And then Oprah chose it as one of her favorite books of all time. Nice. Um, she had him on for like a 12 part series that they did years ago. And it was really a mind blowing sort of video series. You can still find it on YouTube, by the way. All right. Um, Link that up. Too. And, uh, but the power of now, I mean, the amazing thing with Eckhart Tolle is that he was I mean, a brilliant guy. 
he was a, a, a professor in England and he was just absolutely miserable. And he sort of woke up in the middle of the night one night, like three in the morning. And he just felt like he was going to, he was going to take his own life. Wow. And he just, and he, he just, he, and in that moment, he had this sort of separation where he realized that, wait a second, he's hearing this other, like this voice saying that he's going to take his own life. If I'm hearing that, then there's like sort of two versions of all of us, right? There's that egoic self. There's that that's constantly living in fear of the past of the future. And then there's that peaceful version of us that just lives right now, presently. I'm talking to you. I'm not thinking about tomorrow. I'm not thinking about dinner. I'm having this conversation with you. This is where I want to be right now. And to live your life like that, even if you only get it in moments, just by sitting on a park bench or meditating or in prayer or whatever it is, but trying to have more of those moments. Because all of the things that we fear in this world come from some past event as conditioning or some future thing that doesn't even exist. And so, you know, he really walks you through like sort of escaping fear, anxiety, all those things, because it, none of it actually exists. And so I think that book more than anything else, because I grew up with these fears of money. I grew up with the, oh my God, I'm never going to have enough. I'm never going to be able to provide All of those things are just garbage. So yeah, I would, I would say that those, those books combined, <laughs> the power of now and the right. new earth are two of the greatest books ever written. Awesome. That is incredible. Definitely linking that up in the show notes as well, guys. So be on the lookout for that, as well as that interview with Oprah, if I can find it. That's, that's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, you have to dig for it. It was like in the mid-2000s, and it was the first sort of international thing that she did with Skype and all of this stuff. And she okay. took each chapter of The New Earth, and I think it was 12 of them or 10 of them, and, and she spent an hour in each chapter over the course of like a week long. It was really like a training seminar to go through each chapter. So if you can check that out that she did with Eckhart, it's really amazing. That's cool. Definitely will. Definitely will. Um, Okay. So question number two, who is your biggest hero and why? I am (laughs) In the t- well, honestly, I think in the TV world for me, it was growing up. I have to think about you know maybe it's shifted now that I've gotten older. But growing up, I yeah. wanted to be I wanted to be David Letterman. So okay. I nice. I used to sneak downstairs when my parents thought I was in bed, and I would watch him after Carson, and I just studied everything of his. I mean, I was wow. blown away by his ability to communicate through a camera to his audience, but also to have fun. And no one else had ever done what he did, which was if a cue card guy was off camera, dropped his cue cards and spilled coffee on the set during the live show, instead of ignoring it, he would have the camera guy spin the camera around and they'd make fun of his cue card guy for oh, a few no. minutes. <laughs> like have back and and so for me that changed my life. And that was what I tried to do on Fox and Friends, which was always have fun if you know, if one of our camera guys slipped and did something or or some you know, whatever. Right. Instead of ignoring it. I called attention to it. And, and I always loved that uh, his wit and his sarcasm and his speed with which he could, you know, have a comeback and, and tell a joke. And so I always had a lot of respect for, for his uh, take on broadcasting. And, and so he was my childhood idol. And that's probably why I got into television. Wow. That's incredible. That is absolutely incredible, man. That's, and that's funny. I, I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen, uh, seen anything like that from, but I think I maybe 
I've seen him a couple times. I know my 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 uh, grandmother used to love love Vladimir. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's not on TV. Or he has his Netflix show now. But oh, yeah. Uh, oh wow. He's got, yeah. he's got this full beard now. But you know, oh, back when he was on every night, I used to, and I used to go to New York. I'd go see his show live at the Late Show at the Ed Sullivan Theater, and I was a guest. I'd be up in the the balcony watching his show. You know, a couple of times. So I got to right. see him live, which was great. Oh man, that had to have been exciting. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. All right. Awesome. All right, Clayton. So last question. Um, what you've already given us so many nuggets and I really appreciate it, but what three, if you had to condense it down, right, would you give to those who are looking to get started? Well, progress, not perfection. So you're never going to be perfect. I make mistakes all the time. I've got evictions on a few of my properties right now. I overpaid on certain things. I paid this contractor who disappeared, you know, you're going to make these mistakes. Just make progress. And the way I look at, um, I use a, sometimes I use a method called the, the getting things done method of GTD. It's a uh, book by David Allen. Okay, um, yeah, did you? And it's a productivity resource on how to get things done. And what he teaches you to do is like all the stuff that's in your brain, dump it into an inbox. Okay. Get it out of there. Spend an afternoon, all of it got to pick up stamps, got to buy a present for my mom's birthday, blah, blah, blah. All of it, put it into a bucket. And then you're going to go through and categorize it. Is this something I can do in two minutes? Great. Call your mom. That's two minute done. Out of your inbox, done. These other items might be a project. Put them into a project called uh, buy first rental property. And guess what? It might have 12 steps in there because now it's not going to be just project. Now break it down into those bite-sized steps. What is step one? Well, step one is, okay, I need to do this. Step two is I need to do this. Well, then you just start knocking them off one by one. So progress, just take those baby steps. Uh, growing up, I always sort of felt like, oh, there was a cloud hanging above me when I had all these projects to do in school, you know, and I feel like oh, I'm overwhelmed. But when you actually just break them down into individual steps, you just do two today, do two tomorrow, before you know it, that whole project is done and complete. So progress, not perfection. Right. Also, take action. <laughs> Okay. You know, I want to teach at the, every, at the end of every one of my YouTube videos is, you know, go out there, become a real estate investor, take action, do it because you are not going to succeed. If you just keep reading or just keep listening or just keep seeing other people doing, you've got to take, you've got to take action. Uh, So those are two. And I I think the third, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, but it's, um, build in turbulence. Mm. So uh, there's a J, J Abraham taught me this amazing sales technique years ago. And he, one of his top sales guys that he worked with, who really was one of the Chet Holmes, that's his name, Chet Holmes. I think in his great book, the ultimate sales machine, he talks about this. He said, think most people think they're going to get the sale on the first phone call. If you think that way, you'll be a failure. But if you know that actually it takes eight touch points to make a sale, eight touch points, guess what? Then you're not disappointed when that person hangs up on you on the first phone call or you work with them on that second step, get them to that second phone call. Then third, maybe you have to meet with them. Maybe you have to bring them in, send them some materials. And that's the fifth touch point Then the sixth. So if you know that it takes eight touch points to make a sale, then you're not going to be disappointed when you get, you get a door slammed in your face on step two. Wow. So build in that turbulence, know that there's going to be turbulence along the way, and then you won't be disappointed. And that's what we try to, you know, we try to, we try to do, and we try to teach our students who are getting started in real estate, invest, real estate investing, 
that maybe the first one goes nice and smooth for you. That's great. But you're going to have an eviction. Right. You are going to, (laughs) you are absolutely going to, you're going to have a contractor that, you know, disappears or pays, you know, you pay too much. You're going to have it. So build it into your thought process and don't be disappointed about it. Right. Exactly. That's, that is so powerful, Clayton. I mean, that's, that's something that we try and teach our guys, you know, at least me as an officer, whenever I'm talking to my guys about a big project that we're going to, you know, take on or whatever, you got to manage their expectations, right? Understand that, Hey, this might end up taking us later than we, we plan on. But as long as you go into that, with that right. mindset, you won't be disappointed that we're leaving at like 11 o'clock at night, you know, 12 o'clock at night, whatever, just to get it done or even sleep on board, you know, just because we got to finish it up in the morning because we're getting right. it the next day. Right. So exactly. Gosh, man, that is, that is incredible. Clayton, thank you so much for your time. This has been absolutely magical. And, um, and I really do appreciate everything that you do, you know, out there for America too. You know, I mean, you run an amazing business. You've been an inspiration to me. You and Natalie have been an inspiration to me and my family or my wife. I don't have any kids yet, but, <laughs> but, um, but I know that when I do have kids, you know, I will, the way will be set off. Right. And I hope that, you know, our audience here listening is going to take, you know, amazing notes and take even more incredible action, you know, and, uh, and going out there and putting off those fears of money that they might have, you know, developed over the course of their time in the military or just in the course of life. You know, I mean, it takes right. a but, um, but this has been amazing. Thank you so much for it. Well, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Yeah. And how can our guests get, get in contact with you? A couple of ways. If you're, you know, into video like this or you like podcasts, you know, just check out our YouTube channel. Um, we're uh, Morris Invest, just my last name, Morris. Uh, Morris Invest on YouTube. Um, we've also got the podcast, very generic name, just called the Investing in Real Estate Podcast with Clayton Morris. So we've got a lot of tips and strategies there for you to take things to the next level and, and again, yeah, we're launching the Financial Freedom Academy. So that'll be, you can find that easily. It'll be on, it'll be on financialfreedomacademy.com or just on my personal website. We'll have links to it on claytonmorris.com as well. So I'm easy to find. And by the way, on our YouTube channel, love our community there. I mean, we get so many great questions and I am in there constantly spending time uh, answering those questions about real estate. Hey, I have this problem. Can you help me with this solution? You know, and I will jump in there. So that's probably the best way an area where we communicate quite a bit in that, uh, in that space. Awesome. All right, guys, we'll make sure you go out there and check it out. We'll have links to all that stuff here in the show notes as well. So it's easy for you to just go on your phone or whatever and click that link and you'll be good to go. All right. Thanks so much, Clayton, again. Right, take Thank care. you. Thanks for having me. Wow. What a legend. Oh my goodness, man. I am so hyped right now. It's insane. Uh, if you guys are not motivated to go out there and take action after this interview, I don't know what will, man. But uh, hey, you know what? Stay with us because we are going to continue to bring legends on this podcast. I'm devoted to it. Why? Because I know that these people are out there that can inspire you in whatever situation you are in. Man, they'll shake up your way of thinking and just get you to take that action. So please stay with us. Connect with us on Facebook. Connect with us on Instagram. Hit up our YouTube channel, right? www.activedutypassiveincome.com. We've got so much stuff going on, and we are constantly out there uh, just showing you guys how to do it, all right? So stay with us, man. We love you guys. Thanks so much for everything that you guys do out there. I am running out of time, so I'm going to go. Bye. Bye.